All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. It's Fit Nation. Let's welcome to the Misfit Nation, Rich Lewis. He's an author, speaker, and coach who focuses on centering prayer as a means of inner transformation. He teaches centering prayer in both his local and virtual community and offers one-on-one coaching. His newest book is titled Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. Welcome, Rich. How are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure of mine to have uh, uh, creators like yourself on here, authors, musicians, uh, other podcasters. It's, it's always great to see what other people are doing and share their story with the world. So if you would like, uh, please go back as far as you'd like and introduce yourself to our audience from as far back as you want to where we are now and let them know more about Rich Lewis. Sure, sure. Um, well, I guess some of my work is it really started, I guess you could say six or seven years ago. So obviously I'm, I'm older than, than that. Um, so probably everything that everything that I experienced led up to it. So, you know, I have, as you mentioned, I have a book called Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. And we can talk about it. But the, the practice itself really has taught me who I am and helped me live from my true self. And I, I wish I had found it much sooner. I'm, I'm 55 and I've been practicing centering prayer since 2014. So what, what is that? The math wise, it's eight years, almost eight years ago. So late 40s began practicing centering prayer, but perhaps I wasn't ready for it. And, and uh, maybe I wasn't ready to, to really discover who my true self was until my late 40s or so. But I guess that's what I've, uh, yeah, I work a full-time job in the financial services sector, but I also do this on the side uh, where I have a, uh, the, my website's been running for about five years and it really shares centering prayer. It's been so healing and transforming to me and helps me connect to, I guess, my mission in life, my true self, the person God wants me to be. So I simply want to share it with others. So that's really what I do with my website, with my book, with my coaching, with my teaching, with my speaking is share this practice in case it can help others. It's not the only way to connect to your true self, but it's worked for me. So it may work for others. And and I love to just share it. So you started this in uh, 2014. Was there an event or some kind of light bulb that came on that caused you to to slide over to doing centering prayer to find your true self? Sure. I, I remember. So I, I guess I always believed in God. And I, and I think centering prayer has helped me deepen my relationship with God. And it's helped me realize maybe God hasn't changed, but maybe changed how I approach God and what I believe about God. Um, but probably um, we can blame it on Amazon. I was simply in, in late 2013. I was looking for a book to read, and I came across a book called Healing the Divide, Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots by Amos Smith. So it piqued my interest, and I began reading the Kindle version of the book. And in the book, he talked about a silent prayer practice he had been doing for about 15 years. And that immediately piqued my interest because Prior to that, I had read other books and, and that, about how powerful silence was and how transforming it can be, but I didn't really have a practice. I didn't know what to do in the silence, and it was painfully brutal just to sit there in silence for minutes at a time. But when I read that book, I saw a practice. I reached out to him. We began a back-and-forth email dialogue, uh, and I began practicing centering prayer and reading books by other authors on centering prayer. So 
I probably was ready for a practice. Maybe if I had tried centering prayer earlier than that, maybe I, maybe I wasn't going to be ready for it. We'll, ne- we'll never know. But it was discovered in a book that I was reading by a gentleman that, who had been doing it. So up until that point, you know, I had believed in God and prayer. Probably my prayer, uh, my prayer was more verbal prayer. And my definition of God or, or perception of God was, was different. So it was more verbal prayer and it was more God up in the sky, looking down at me. Maybe he's not happy with me. I'm not sure. And God has changed for me to God is, you know, all around me. God is within me, uh, helping me live for my true self. God is pushing me behind me, nudging me outside of my comfort zone. God is kind of walking with me every day. God's ahead of me, pulling me forward. And God's not judging me. God, God loves me and is happy and really wants the best for me. So that the practice has changed my belief in myself and my and my perception of God and, and what kind of God is this. And of course, in the title of the book is uh, Journey to Your True Self. You just said that finding your center and what would you, who is your true self or what would you define your true self as? Um, your true self is the person, you know, God wants you to be. And, and the practice helps you do that because I'll, I'll quickly describe the practice because that'll answer it a little bit as well. So you, you sit quietly, close your eyes, and to begin your practice, you introduce this, what's called the sacred word to begin your prayer. And that really signifies that you're opening to the presence and actions of God within. The word's usually one or two syllables. And then as you're sitting there, when you begin engaging your thoughts, and what I mean by that is you begin thinking about what you did before you sit or, or what you're going to do the rest of the afternoon. You realize you're no longer sitting with God in the present moment. You're sitting with your plotting and planning and thoughts and emotions. You reintroduce that sacred word interiorly to let go of all of your planning and plotting and engaged thoughts to come back to the present moment. And you do that when needed during your silent sit for however long you've decided to sit. So it's kind of a constant let go of thoughts and emotions, come back to the present moment and just keep doing that during the duration of the sit till you, till you get up. And, and what you find happens is, you know, it helps you let go outside of center in prayer. You begin to kind of naturally begin to let go outside of center in prayer uh, of let go of thoughts that aren't true. We, we feed ourselves many thoughts. I'm, I'm too old to do this. I'm too young to do this. I'm not smart enough. I'm not confident. I don't have enough right skills to do things. We're constantly telling ourselves things that aren't true. So this letting go posture starts following you outside of the practice. And then really what's left is you know, who you are, your true self, the person that can do that. And you are the right person for that task, or you're the right person to try that, that new thing. So centering prayer for me has helped me let go of of all these harmful things I tell myself that really aren't true and then connect to my true self, the person I want to be, even if it scares me, doesn't mean I shouldn't do it. It, it just means it's new and, and, and I need to just take it one day at a time. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And sometimes finding a true self for me helps in uh, removing negativity around, like you said, the thoughts that were keeping you in a downward, a down, a down, a downtrend or whatever but bringing positivity back and finding your true meaning for life through the centering prayer practice. So how often does one practice centering prayer? Do you need to do it more than once a day or is it just a a good thing to recharge in the middle of the day or something? 
Um, it's good to do it twice. So for people that are new, uh, obviously I say at least try it once to start off with to see if it's a practice that resonates for you. And I'll tell them, make it the first thing you do to begin your day. And for me, that's how I be, be, begin my day. So make it the first thing you do is you get up in the morning. Um, I practice for 20 minutes each sit, but that may be sound daunting and, and for people. So even just, just take five minutes if you're new to this and do that first thing in the morning and then resume your day and, and try it for a month and, and see how that feels. And I, you're, I think you'll be surprised to realize five minutes isn't too long. So over time, you can gradually increase it to 10 minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes. And then I tell people, once you've established that and, and this practice resonates with you and it's something you want to continue, then I tell them to add a second sit um, at some point during the day, because what the second sit does is kind of resets you, reconnects you with God, reconnects you to the present moment. I need my second sit. So I get up, do my first sit. I, I work from home. And then you know, six, five or six hours has passed. I, I need to reset, slow down, reconnect. So my second sit really helps me finish this the day. So the first sit prepares me for the day and gets me going. The second sit helps me finish the day. So I tell people, even no matter how busy you are, take your sit. You, you'll be pleasantly surprised. It has a way of giving you back time because you'll learn to let go of what you don't need to do and hone in and focus on what you do need to do for the second half of the day is what I found. So I find that my second half of the day is very productive and I try as much as possible not to miss it. Even if I'm thinking, man, I'm busy. I don't have time. It's like, no, it, it actually gives you back time and you, you'll learn that for yourself when you do it. And I've learned that I, over and over again. I'm, I, I'm thrilled that I've done my second sit and the second day is finished strong, even though I was busy and had a lot on my plate. That's well, understandable there. And you said like the title of your book is sitting with God. You said your first sit, your second sit. Are you just sitting in a quiet room or are you sitting on a chair, sitting on the floor? What's the best way to do your sit? Sure. It's yeah, it's good to find kind of a place that's not that's more that's quiet. So I, I go to a, a separate room at our house and close the door and do my sit there. So yes, it, it's good to try to find a distraction free room or place within your house or apartment or wherever you are for that period of time. And then it, and if it's depending on where you live, if you're in the city or there's a lot of loud noise, you might want to have some soft, something soft in the background, whether it's water running or like some type of like, or, or like I've had some people need some type of soft noise in the background to block out the bigger noise. So then I would recommend that as well. Just something that's maybe more of a more constant, constant sound that's going to block out heavy background noise if you're in an environment like that. But if you're not, just look for a room or that's just will be distraction free for the period. So obviously not not a room with a large 63 inch TV <laughs> and, and a sports sports or something playing that you probably will start watching the TV rather than doing your practice. <laughs> you, you will be sitting. You just won't be centering yourself. You'll probably right, you'll be centering on the 63 inch screen <laughs> and what's happening. You'll be angry at your your favorite team as they do something wrong. or something, And, and then you'll have to do a couple more sits just to get out of that zone. Right. So a white noise machine would probably work wonders for people that live in a in an urban environment where there, like you said, there's a lot of ambient noise. There's a lot of other noise that goes on in, in those uh, areas, as opposed to like where I am in a, a urban area. So it's rural and urban it's growing. So it's, you get some noises, most of that's construction. Right. 
So I'm sure and since you've been doing it this long, you have found the value of it. You found the fruits of your labor, the fruits of your practice. What would you share with someone that's new that is really pessimistic about it to tell them what are the fruits of center of prayer? Sure. If I, if I compare myself, so I've been practicing since June, really faithfully as possible twice a day since June of 2014. If I think about who, you know, what I was like before and what I was like after, you know, I'm definitely one, a much more confident person in myself as I approach um, life, whether it's with my family or my wife or work um, or things I do on my website, I'm much more confident. Um, I have more excitement to live life. It wasn't that I was not excited to live before, but I seem to be more excited to live life and, and more present for the moment and what it requires of me. I think I'm less reactive. And what I mean by that is I'm more willing just, just to listen to people, give them their space and not immediately critique them or judge them on what they're saying or thinking, just let them talk and listen. So I'm, I'm less reactive and more open to people and, and, and listening to maybe an opinion that differs from me. And I'm definitely more willing to get out of my comfort zone and, and do new things. I, I would have been scared to death years ago to do a podcast or to do the guest speaking or to do the coaching I do, that type of stuff. Uh, and the book was not even on the radar screen and or I would have been terrified to do it. So it has pushed me out of my comfort zone to, just to keep expanding it and, and growing and learning and doing new things. So those are some of the fruits I definitely have noticed uh, since my practice. And I mean, those are good fruits right there because it has helped you to expand what you do on a daily basis. You're not only helping the financial world by doing your financial work, you're helping those who actually will value, get find the value in this to help them through their days. So about how many people do you help on a, say, given year or a given period of time? You know, it's a tough one because some people I wouldn't even know because, you know, I have my book that came out in August of 2020 and, and it, it, it did well. It did well in, in the like the last three with publishers, you, you get a kind of an annual analysis of how you've done. So the, the first year when the book was out and it wasn't even a year, it was, you know, August through August 2020 through December, um, it, it sold almost 1200 books. So I. I one way or another, I'm sure I was helping 1,200 people that were reading it, and half of the people were not in the U.S., which was a neat thing. So half of the half of the sales in the late quarter of 2020 were outside of the U.S. in um, Japan, Brazil, Germany, Italy, Spain, Australia, Canada. So I, I know I'm helping those people because some of those people will reach out to me on my website and just tell me they're reading the book and what they enjoyed about it. So definitely people that are reading the book. And then my one-on-one -on -one coaching clients, um, I, I'd have to look at <laughs> the grid, but I guess the different clients that I help on a one-on-one -on -one basis uh, that group of people that I have. And then I do a lot of guest speaks, so like through the podcast. I've been on a ton of podcasts. I've been on over, I think, uh, close to 70 podcasts since the book launched. So anybody listening and, and it piques their interest and wants to check out Center in Prayer, I'm helping those, those folks. And then all the guest speaking I've done, I've gotten in front of a lot of large and small church groups and spiritual director groups. So I'm going to in the thousands, but I, obviously I can't quantify it, but I, I, I'm going to definitely say it, 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 it's definitely, you know, maybe it's 20 or 30,000 people in one way or another, uh, at least have seen my name, seen the idea that I have a book, heard me speak or saw that I was on a podcast and, and maybe it piqued their interest. And found value in what you're, what you're, uh, what you're giving them. You're, you're giving them a product that is, I mean, you have the 20K possible, probably more, 
that you've uh, actually influenced a little bit. But right. even if you just influenced one of them, that that's a victory. One oh, one yeah. person gets exactly. help. That's a victory. When you get up to the twenty thousands, uh, that's more than victory. That's uh, that's tremendous, and that's a uh, uh, kudos on you. The and that's amazing that you were able to have been able to reach that far and that wide across the whole world. I mean, I'm always amazed. It's just, you know, sporadically, I'll get random emails or Facebook messages of people reading it or asking me a question or telling me they just got it. They're excited. Even when the book came out, it was really neat. I had a, a monk in, in the Netherlands reached out to me and said, I want to have a Zoom call. So I landed on a Zoom call with him shortly after the book. And, and we just chatted about Centering Prayer and, and my book. And he, he, was, uh, he had purchased it on Amazon Germany um, and he wanted to talk with me. So I think he was about he was about half my age and we just we had a really neat talk so it's just neat that i had someone all the way on the side of the world in a monastery maybe he could be teaching me more than i could be teaching him but i shouldn't say that i think we all have something to teach but that was a neat experience and then i'd love to know and and even the publisher doesn't know one night in october there was a i think they said there was about 110 purchases of my book in japan all in one night and I said, what was that all about? And I said, I don't know. They were happy about it, but they don't know who or what that was other than all of a sudden one night in October of 2020, 110 people in Japan purchased it. So that was very interesting. And I'll, I'll never know what that was, but that was just a neat experience. <laughs> the whole It's like a whole a sacristy of, of a, a neighborhood in Japan bought your book to do a book club, maybe. <laughs> But no, it's, it's been a neat, neat experience of the people reaching out to me sporadically um, out of the blue that either want to do coaching or have told me they're reading the book, want to ask me a question or want me to come to their church and, and speak, do a lot of Zoom speakings, come, come talk to their group via Zoom. So it's just been a neat experience. That's outstanding, especially at the reach you have. I mean, I, when I look at my podcast, uh, it's not, I always look for what countries there are. I'm up to 22 now. That just makes me oh, great. excited that 22 different countries have listened to me. And then That's I asked myself, do they even understand what I'm saying? But hopefully they do. <laughs> That's great. I mean, it's great to hear that. And we, I mean, the flags come up. So I always send my daughter a picture of the flag. Is this where we are this week? <laughs> That's outstanding, Dad. Great job. <laughs> so she's, she's my biggest cheerleader. <laughs> so your coaching and your speaking, I'm sure over the last couple of years, have uh, gone totally virtual. And uh, maybe right. uh, recently, I don't know where you are where how locked down you are still where you are if you're able to get out in front of these big groups or you still have to do virtual when you're doing a live i'm sure you can actually feel the feedback right away how is that when you actually get that instant feedback from people um well obviously that's it's nice to do it live because you can just being with someone you it's more of a camaraderie and and, and more of an intimate connection and um but you're right i mean i, I haven't done one live in over two years, it's all been via Zoom. But I guess I'm really pleasantly surprised. It's 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 been fine. I mean, doing them via Zoom, uh, it, you can still see the people's faces. You can still see their reactions, and, and everybody uh, has a that wants to talk and ask me a question or share something always has that um, an opportunity to do it. I've spoken to you know, groups of five and I've spoken to groups of 75 and in all of them, I've been able to see their faces, see how kind of their reactions. And I've been able to talk with people and listen to people that wanted to talk as part of it's part of the 
speaking I do, there's plenty of time for Q&A at the end. So we always make sure everybody has a chance to talk. People want to drop off because they're constrained with time, they drop off. But so I've pleasantly found that Zoom still, it's been neat and it's been a neat connection. And I, and I feel like I'm connecting to people and developing friendships, even on Zoom. And we've been, we've all been doing it now for two years. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't done anything live. And, and I have a church that reached out to me and we started talking about it with versus live or not and then they decided we better not do it uh, live so i'm doing a zoom session with a, with a group that's about 30 minutes from me but we're doing it via zoom toward the end of february it's still it's still good that they're still reaching out to you and they still want this they want this value-added practice that you're given to their to their uh, flock their uh, right. congregation you're able to help them out in ways that two years ago people didn't think that we can go down zoom and get this many people in there and then it was forced upon us. This is our new life. Uh, everything's this little square box. And I can see you there. You see me. Oh, awesome. And the, now it, that's our live meetings now. So now you, everyone's right. thinking, how do we go forward? Do we need to see each other? I see you now, but then I have to wear pants and things get all crazy. <laughs> <at that point. laughs> yeah. No, I, I guess. Yeah, it's Zoom. It's worked. It, it, it's working. And I think I. I yeah. In I guess last summer I was doing a book study. So once a week I, I did a um, for anybody when they wanted to join. I went chapter by chapter through the book and just opened it up to anybody who wanted to come. And there was one person and I, and I was glad she said I want to come, but she she just wanted to listen and so she didn't show. She was muted and she didn't show her face, but she showed up every single week. It was like fourteen weeks, but and was there. So that that's what I liked about it. Anybody that wanted to come could come. If they didn't want to they wanted to be muted and not visible, but listen, it was made her more comfortable. She came and she kept saying, make sure I get the links, but she just wanted to listen. And then at the end she told me, you know, this was great. I really enjoyed it. Let me know if you ever do something like this again. So I think Zoom works well for many people because maybe in person maybe is is uncomfortable for them but zoom that it's it's more comfortable for them and, and it's not in in it's in their own home in the comfort of their own space right and it's in their their way their judgment-free zone basically right they're, right they're in their square they can do what they got to do right there and uh, i think it's awesome besides that I mean, we talked about earlier having a nice quiet space uh, a no distraction space what other tips would you give while someone is tips they can use to get their centering prayer done correctly Sure. So for new people, I, you know, I could say a couple of different things. You know, one, make it the first thing you do. Uh, do it in the morning. Um, take baby steps. So start with five minutes and slowly work your way up. And then um, once you have you know established practice, I encourage them to start a second a second sit and do the same thing. You know, look at look at your life and and figure out where should my second sit fit. You know, is it after lunch, before lunch, after dinner, before I go to bed? Look at your life and put it where it belongs, and take baby steps with that second sit, five minutes, and slowly work work it up to fifteen or or twenty minutes, and just be kind and gentle with yourself. If you miss a sit, don't beat yourself up. Um, to show up for the next sit, and God's not going to be angry at you and say, "I don't want you showing up anymore." He's he's going to he spirit will call him. We'll wait for you to show up for the next one. So just be kind and gentle with yourself, and just show up. Um, and if you have a lot of thoughts during your sit, you haven't failed. The only way you fail, and you're not a failure, is if you don't show up. Um, that's the only way to fail. But you're not a failure if you didn't show up. Just show up for, for the for the next sit, and be be kind and gentle with yourself. Great tips right there. Great tips. So, uh, you know, you have your website. Is that the best place for people to go and find you, to book you? I know it's a great place to find your book. It's on there. 
says about the books, is there a second book coming out or it's, that's just leaning forward knowing that's going to happen? Um, yeah, the best place to find me is silenceteaches.com. As, as you said, if they subscribe to my site, I have a free, very short ebook on Centering Prayer if they want to just understand a little bit more about it. And then if they find it something they're interested in, they can check out my book, which is on my website. Um, and then other things are on my website if they want to invite me to speak, if they want one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, and then in terms of a second book, that's really one of my goals is in by June of 2022 or sooner, right. just start writing the next book. Um, and it probably will be a guide. And so, so the first book really was kind of, you know, what is centering prayer and how has it healed and transformed me and, and sharing it with others. The second book, because I don't think there's many like this out there, if any, is, is going to be more of uh, more of a guide, a helpful guide for people practicing centering prayer. So going into more depth of what is it and when should you sit and how can it help you and what are the fruits of the practice? So I, I'm envisioning each chapter will answer a question that will help people. So by the time they finish the book, they'll be kind of well well-rounded with centering prayer and, and how to do it and how it can help them. And I'll probably solicit, I'll, I'll probably start telling people I'm writing a book. Here are some of the questions I think I want to answer. What am I missing? What, what do you think I ought to put in the book? Because it's always good to involve your community um, because then you'll help them when the book comes out. So I think that's what the next book's going to be. And, and I, my goal is to start writing, working on it um, at least by June or sooner of this year. That's uh, that's awesome. Uh, I like your, I love your planning. Uh, I like how your website's laid out. Uh, once again, this is Rich Lewis. His newest book is titled "Sitting with God: A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer." You can find him and contact him on SilenceTeaches.com, and, and his website is very easy to use. Has everything on there about centering prayer, uh, how to start it, tips on doing it, everything that I basically was asking him. I got those questions from his website. It's that that's how fulfilling his website is. You can reach him anywhere, anytime you want on there. And I'm sure Rich will be able to tell you how quick he gets back to you. No, thanks for having me on. And you're right. I love engaging people. So if, if you contact me through my website or on social media, I'll, I'll respond. I, I love to have interaction. And if, if it makes sense, we'll land on a Zoom call like I did with the gentleman in the, new, in the Netherlands. <laughs> that's outstanding the monk in the netherlands i interact with people it won't it won't you'll be responded to and, and we'll have back and forth if needed and if it, you want a zoom call we'll have a zoom call awesome thanks rich for coming on taking some of your time to be with us on the misfit nation great i really appreciate it thank you you know how we do this Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling, because we are Fit Nation.